What's up, what's up, what's up everybody It's your boy Alex Chadwick And you are now tuned into the Soul Dope Podcast I hope everybody is doing wonderful Hope everybody's doing wonderful Man, today is July What is this? July 6th Um, As we all know, we had a holiday this weekend I have posted um, a show called The 4th of July Um (laughs) It's not called the 4th of July. It's called the 4th of July. And um, I put some educational um, things in there for y'all to listen to. And I also got another episode that was recent called Do I Hate America? So when you get a chance, please go back and listen to the episode. Subscribe on whatever platform that you on. I extremely appreciate it. Um, I really got to start, start, start this week off um, with really just saying that it's been the time has been passing by really, really fast, really fast. I mean, I'm I'm to the point where I'm like, what is going on in the world, man? You know, like what is going on in the world? Why is the time moving so fast? You know, like we are already in month seven, like the month, the year is, is basically almost over, folks. It's almost over. It's very, very, very alarming to me. So without further ado, this is the soul dope are the 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 dope news updates and i'm gonna start this out with the first article today man look this is very controversial because i just had a facebook post where i posted some information from this article and many more and 79 shot 15 fatally over the fourth of july weekend in chicago folks there was also a eight-year-old killed in atlanta um which appears to be the uh at the site of um ray short ray shard Brooks's killing or murder or whatever you want to call it by the Atlanta police department. Um, and I ended up doing some research on some children who were, who were killed during the, um, during the weekend, actually over the past couple of weeks, it looks like gun violence has, has really risen, um, across cities like Chicago, New York, And it is something that we really need to talk about. And trust me, guys, it's not because people are saying that they want to, let's say, defund the police. That's not that's I wouldn't I'm not going to say that's why the gun violence is increasing. But I do want to talk about the gun violence. So I took I took a I, I did some research and I started really paying attention to that. There were kids being killed in some of these cities. And I think the youngest person I found was a three-year-old who I think his name was Makai James. And I took a picture of four different kids, Makai James, Natalia Wallace, Venado Jones, and Amaria Jones. And I posted them on my Facebook and I posed the question. Basically, I was asking, what about them? You know, what about them? And I said, what about them? You know, I found their pictures. I decided to post it and be be honest, y'all, the more I read about those kids, the more I, I was hurting, like the more my heart broke. Like when I read about Amaria Jones's case, I started crying because she was, she was showing off a dance routine to her grandmother and a straight bullet hit her. So needless to say, this is a really hard, these are really heartbreaking stories. But anyways, I posted this on my Facebook And I was asking, what about them? You know, I said, I said, where's the continuous media coverage? You know, anybody ever seen a bullet 
if anybody has ever seen a bullet and what it does to an actual adult human, I can only imagine what it done to these kids. And that's what I was trying to get people to imagine. You know, the media and our politicians, they use us so much. You would never see this stuff continuously in the news like you've seen the George Floyds or you've seen the Sandra Blands or you've seen the Mike Browns. You're just not going to see it because they can't. It, it's going to probably push more unification and more unity than it is division. So they're not going to play. They're going to put it out. They're going to show it and they're going to they're going to kind of paint it as a speed bump. And we're just going to keep moving. So I put this on Facebook and like clockwork, I knew this would happen. Someone came and said, basically, they were like, you are trying to marginalize um, the Black Lives Matter movement by 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 bringing up what they say, quote unquote, black on black crime, which is a false narrative. And the post didn't even mention race. I mean, of course, the pictures of the black kids were evident, but it didn't mention Black Lives Matter. And I did that for a reason, because I don't want people to think that, OK, I'm trying to marginalize the Black Lives Matter movement when that's not really the case. I was actually hurt over these babies dying. And it is a serious problem in our communities. Now, I'm probably going to do another show where I'm specifically talking about the accountability problem in the, in, in, in the black community. But every time I post something about violence in our communities, I don't want to use the words black on black crime anymore. But every time I post something about violence in our communities, I get called a coon. I'm cooning or I'm Uncle Tommy or I'm a traitor or whatever it may be, which I think is 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 craziness. Right. I'm like, look, guys, we need to be talking about this. And I said, most of y'all got kids. Some of y'all got kids. Some of y'all got small, young kids. And just imagine if that was your kid. So this is not marginalizing Black Lives Matter. Because I think and people's like, well, you know, Black Lives Matter focuses on on a, on injustice. And I'm like, dude. And he was and, and they were like, well, you can't be mad if the media doesn't cover one issue over the other. I'm like, well, that my friend. That right there is an injustice, because if they were to put these stories in the media like we have sensationalized all the other ones. Guess what? Somebody's going to somebody's going to be forced to make something happen when it comes to these issues, just like they did with the George Floyd thing. Look at what's happening. We got we got the statues coming down. We got police reform, police reimagination. We got all this stuff happening from this incident this year. So imagine if they showed the Makai Jameses, the Natalias, the Venardos, the Maria Joneses, if they showed these toddler story or these kids stories and how they were murdered and how they were killed. It's going to bring attention to that issue. And guess what? Who knows what can happen? That means they're going to be forced to do something. You see what I'm saying? It might force them to say, you know what? Let's build some let's build some schools in the neighborhood. Let's create some organizations to help them. Let's get the parents training and some cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. Let's do some trade schools there. Let's really teach them about finances. And wealth and health. And teach them how to grow their gardens. Teach them how to protect their families. Talk to them about respect. Somebody will be forced to go in and address those issues. But the media has a narrative and they're never going to put this in there. They're never going to put this in the media. Um, you know, they're just never going to do it because it's it doesn't fit the narrative. Because this issue with these black babies being killed 
is it, it has it brings about it will bring about more unity than division. And we can't have unity. Unity is a threat. So I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm not going I'm not going to beat it over the head. I'm not going to go crazy and, 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 and go down a rabbit hole and the other stuff, because some people like to turn me off when I go there. But needless to say, I'm going to use these four babies as an example. There were more and they were murdered. One kid. Um, I think it was Makai James was in the in the car with his father when he was killed. He was in the fa- he was in the car with his father. That is something very, very crazy to think about. He was in the car with his father when he was killed. This has got to stop, folks. But how do we stop it? We can't stop it if we don't take accountability for it. You know, when it comes to these kind of issues in the black community, when we don't address them and we get triggered when people talk about them, even me as a black person, people are canceled, trying to cancel me in certain ways on social media. When we don't take accountability for it, we can never fix this problem. It's like it's like white people that say, I don't see color. Because black people ain't seeing the violence that's happening in their communities. They don't want to talk about them. But hey, again, that's another show. <laughs> that's another time, another place. Um, in correlation with that, uh, there was also the father of a black teen. Um, I think this was, was this one in Atlanta? Let's see here. Uh, the father of black teen killed and chopped. No, this was in Seattle. It's time to bring in the National Guard. Anybody seen the, the interviews that this guy did on the news? It was heartbreaking. He was crying. Now, here's the thing about Chop. The, the, the mayor of the city of Seattle, in my opinion, um, the, the, the city of Seattle should be liable for the deaths of those two black uh, teenagers. And here's why. Because even though, even though, you know, you had these people uh, creating this autonomous zone and this, that and the other, the mayor was still out there saying, OK, they got the freedom of speech, even though there were reports that people were talking about and doing bad things in this particular zone. So the fact that she wasn't so willing to dismantle it until one day, the protesters start coming near where she lives. And two, these people started getting killed that she says, OK, now we can tear it down. What did she expect? We got to understand that when things like this happen is because people are opportunist. And when they see opportunity, it don't matter who you are, where you are. If you can find that 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 place to to do things where you feel like it's sanctioned, then you're going to do it. As simple as that. I think the city of Seattle should be held for this boy's death and the other boy who was killed. Now, here's the ironic thing. Both of those teenagers were black. They were killed in a black uh, they were killed in a zone that was created from a protest protesting against police brutality and injustice. And they were gunned down in that zone. Where are we Americans? Where are we? Where are we black people? Where are we people? Where are we humans? What's the, ir- look at the irony in that folks. They were killed in a zone that was created from protesting and injustice of a black man. And here we have two black teens gunned down. This is crazy. Out of control. But this story is heartbreaking just like others. Now I'm glad that they are basically dismantling the chop zone. Because it's it's funny because even though the people on the right and Trump and everybody was talking about law and order and 
we should get rid of this. The reason why people didn't accept it because of who it was coming from. And that's where I draw the line and I say, look, folks, we really need to learn how to take off our political hat and our political T-shirt at times and look at things from a holistic, objective, open minded view. Some people will sacrifice their kids for the for their Republican Party or for their Democratic Party. It's the truth. All I ever ask is let's look at this objectively. Let's look at this from a from a standpoint of, um, you know, let's just look at it from a standpoint of objectivity. This should have never happened. Not there, not in the zone of the chop. But hey, here we are. Supreme Court gives President Trump the power to fire the independent agency chief. Folks, this is really big news. This is big news, big news, big news, big news, big news, right? So the Supreme Court ruled this was last week, but it's still big news. They ruled that the president can fire at will the head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. But they left intact the rest of the statute that created the agency. Now, look. I'm going to try to just give some 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 small highlights of this, because when I start talking in the next season, when I really get into the financial system that we have in America, which is, you know, a lot of that is um, um, supported by the Federal Reserve, then I'm going to talk about this stuff. But I'm going to try to do the best that I can to highlight this for you. So basically, this is a win for the Trump administration. Now, if you don't know what these financial systems you got, you got the F. Uh, what is it? The Federal Trade Commission. You got the Federal Reserve and you got a Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that was created. Listen to what I'm saying. This was created during the Obama era. Um, excuse me. This was created during the Obama era when they had the bubble. Remember when um, when we had the 2008 recession, this was created to protect consumers, Americans, from some of those predatory uh, practices that these financial institutions were doing. That's why this was created. Right. So one thing you got to understand is that on the right, they're all about deregulation on the left. They're all about regulation for the most part, but it doesn't for them to kind of, this is crazy for the court to rule that they can fire the head of the organization. So basically, President Trump and every other sub subsequent president can they now have the power to fire the, the head of that organization. Right now, here's something I'm, I'm trying to just give you all a little bit to chew on. Not a whole lot, but just a little bit. All right. Again, this was a victory for Trump. And people in the business community that have long sought to trim the sales of the independent regulatory agencies. Now, there are multi-member led agencies. Now, among them is the Security and Exchange Commission and the Federal Reserve Board and the Federal um, the Federal Communications Commissions, as many more. But these are a nice select group that we should definitely think about. I don't know if anybody knows this, but the Federal Reserve, even though the president of the United States pick the president of the United States picks some of the board members. The president of the United States, not even the Senate or the House, can actually audit the Federal Reserve. Now, this gets deeper, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Now, the fact that there is something in place to protect consumers, Americans from that kind of predatory 
predatory practice. And now Trump has the power to fire that person at will. That's a statement. Now, let's talk about the bubble just a little bit. In 2008, people heard of the bubble bursting, right? The bubble bursted. And basically, this is how that happened. There was a product that was created before the 2008 bubble burst that was called mortgage-backed securities, folks. Listen to what I'm saying. Mortgage-backed securities. And, and, and people don't know what they are. But basically, in a nutshell, uh, everybody who buys a house, um, what has happened is the financial institution, let's say you got your loan from the Bank of America. The Bank of America basically takes your loans and thousands of other people's loans and they package them up. And they sell them to these institutions, to some of these federal agencies or some of these other financial institutions as what they call mortgage backed securities. Right now, when they sell these to those institutions, um, those bigger institutions, what happens is the the, per, the bank that you got your mortgage from does not hold a responsibility if you default on the loan anymore. However, if you are continuing to pay your bills, the people who bought that mortgage backed security continue to make money off of that. Right. So that I don't know if I if I if I kind of got that out in a nutshell. But anyways, these products. Right. They were made um, packaged up and sold. So the reason why we got the bubble is because. There was qualifications for these to have, you know, there was qualifications and criteria for certain mortgages to be packaged into these mortgage backed securities, meaning people that were paying their mortgages. They were had outstanding, you know, they had good credit they had good, you know, debt to, to credit ratio, um, all this stuff. Right. So people were in good standing that were the people that were in good standing. Their mortgages was basically packaged up and sold to these um, organizations. Now, there came some years where people on the on the on the real estate market where everybody that they needed to buy a house was pretty much buying a house. So what did they do? They lowered the restrictions and they lowered the standards where they started giving people loans for mortgages that they couldn't even afford. And they started packaging those up in the mortgage backed securities as well. So guess what happened? They <laughs> it's, it's crazy how they do this because they started preying on the people, you know, because people were buying houses like, oh, I can buy a house. And, you know, my credit's not that good. But here's what happened. That's what started creating the bubble. So when those people started defaulting on their loans, some of these people had adjustable uh, interest rates. Then guess what happened? The financial institution who bought the mortgage backed securities, they could not make any more money off of it. So, boom, the bubble starts to burst. The bubble starts to burst. It's no longer booming anymore. Right. So now you got some people that are victims, regular homeowners, buyers. Those are the victims who fell to this particular bubble. I hope that I'm I'm kind of bringing some clarity to this. So there are people if you got a mortgage, if you got a house, I don't even know. I got to research it, but I don't even know if financial institutions are allowed. I don't know if financial institutions are actually allowed to tell a person if their mortgage is wrapped up into a mortgage backed security. Now, here's the kicker. And I'm ended on this. We know that the interest rate went down to zero. I don't know if it's come back up too much. I got to look it up. But remember when the whole coronavirus thing happened, they, they the feds dropped the interest rate down to zero, basically. Well, guess what happened on March 15th? 
the Federal Reserve bought 500 million mortgage-backed securities. I think it was $500 million worth or I don't know if it's 500 million. Let's just say $500 million worth of mortgage-backed securities. Now, that is a chess move. That was in March 15. So that can say a couple things. If if they're buying 500 um, 500 million dollars worth of mortgage backed securities, probably it's got to be more than that. I think they I think the number is 500 million mortgage backed securities. If they're buying that much. Then in an economy like this, then they, either this thing is going to boom or this thing is going to bust. And I can't figure out which one it is. But if the interest rate is low and they buy, think about it. If they if the interest rate is low and they buy 500 million mortgage backed securities, they're not making any money. So looking at this from a, you know, I'm trying to what is the word extrapolate? I'm trying to like be a Nostradamus here and try to predict the future. The housing market mm, may boom. It may boom. It may bounce back hard because but then also. In order for them to make money, they have to raise the interest rate. And once they raise the interest rate, there may be some people who are affected by this, just like in the 2008 bust. That may be subject to losing their homes. It's really that simple. So I don't know where this is going, but I think that people should look into it. Um, And it all starts at the top. And the Supreme Court has given Trump the power to fire the, the 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 agency an agency that's supposed to con- protect consumers when you follow the financial system and the financial um culture of the united states you see that both sides of our government are extremely polarized one wants regulation which is the left and then the deregulators those are the republicans so pay attention to that um and i'm not going to get into the why that's a that's a story for another day Kanye West, Kanye West, Kanye West. He is running for president, but he acts. But um, according to a CNN report, uh, they say he's running for president, but he hasn't actually taken the steps. Who gives a damn? Here Kanye comes again talking about he running for president. Do listen. Kanye's done this before. And every time he does something in the media, it's because he's working on whether it be music or a fashion project or something. But guess what? Kanye, sit your ass down. Because nobody cares. This is definitely a publicity stunt. If anybody hasn't noticed in the past week, he has just released new music that he was working on with Dr. Dre and uh, what's the dude name? Travis Scott. This is ridiculous. But however, (laughs) it's funny to say that. If anything is possible in America, if Donald Trump can become president, Kanye West can become president as well. However, right now, I just don't think it's the time. See, everybody think that Obama was the one that people believed in and had all these dreams and aspirations. But guess what? It's actually Donald Trump because he didn't even have a political or military career. And he became president of the United States. So we don't matter if your kids get all F's in school in the fifth grade. It don't matter if they were a bully in the fifth grade. Guess what? They could become the president of the United States. I'm not saying that was Trump when he was in the fifth grade, but I'm just saying anything is possible in America. You haven't seen nothing yet. So, Kanye, 
Sit your ass down. Nobody cares about you running for president. Okay. NFL, the NFL, um, everybody is on the NFL right now because they have decided to play the black national anthem before each week one game. So before all the games, I don't know if it's going to be all year, but I think before every game during the week one of the season, they plan to play the black national anthem. Now they say some people may be listening to this show. They're like, what the hell is the black national anthem? Well, I have a show, folks, that's called Yes, Folks, There is a Black National Anthem. Now, the song Lift Every Voice and Sing. I'm not going to get too much into it because I want you to go listen to the podcast, which is very educational. But the song called uh, that's titled Lift Every Voice and Sing is often referred to as the Black National Anthem. I was a freshman in high school when I learned all the verses of the song. I was exposed to it. But guess what? They're saying that they're going to play this before every week one game. Listen, folks, do I agree with it? Uh, not, No, not really, because it doesn't bring us to any. It doesn't we don't gain anything from it. Honestly, it's more we're doing more divisive things than ever. It would be great for the country to be exposed and to experience some of that culture. But they don't care to listen. They don't care to know the story. They don't care to know the lyrics. They don't care to know why this is even considered the black national anthem. They don't care. So that's where we at with this. I guarantee you, though, there's still going to be people watching the NFL this season for sure. But I think they should just, you know, I mean, think about it. You're going to I don't know, man, this is this is so crazy. And it's going to you know, it's going to gain a lot of backlash. Got it. hundred percent. This is what happens. But at the same time, no side is willing to listen about this, folks. Um, but if you don't know what the Black National Anthem is, I have a podcast. It is titled, Yes, Folks, There is a Black National Anthem. Please tune in. Please listen to it. I give people a very educational uh, perspective on this and with my own personal experience. Russia, um, the whole Russia thing last week, guys, about Russia offering bounties on U.S. troops in Afghanistan. I don't know. I haven't really watched the news in the past few days, but this is crazy. It came out bombshell. I don't know if it's true or not true, but one of the most ridiculous things that I heard in those couple days that it came out was that the president was not brief and he didn't know. Folks, I'm going to call BS on that. You're not about to tell me that this. And, and here's the truth. Let's say he didn't know. And let's say that this was a made up, a made up story, which it could possibly be. However, comma, I just don't. I don't know what's going on. There's so much stuff going on in the world that I don't know. But let's say Russia did have a bounty on U.S. troops. What do you think we're going to do? That's what I'm curious about. How is the United States going to respond to Russia? Right. How am I? How I want to know how is. How is the United States going to respond to um, Russia having bounties on U.S. troops in Afghanistan. That's what I want to know. What's the response? But hey, we've seen a lot with Trump and Russia and Putin and all this stuff that's going on. We've seen a lot. And none of this stuff is going to surprise me. But if we've had American lives at risk and that Russia has actually paid for it, oh man, I'm kind of dying to see what happens next. Former Jeffrey Epstein, um, what's the girl name? I don't even want to call him his, I say his boo. I can't even pronounce the name, but Mrs. Maxwell, I will call her the Madame, but former Jeffrey Epstein companion, uh, Miss Maxwell, she was arrested. Guys, this is going to be very, very exciting to watch. 
because I think what I just heard yesterday that she has already been in talks with the FBI about naming name and names and sources and stuff like that. This is going to be exciting. But here's my thing on it. I think she's already a dead woman walking. She's already dead. Now, I honestly think that our government uses things like this as a, as a joke or a wild card at times like this when um, they just need some leverage, honestly, because if anybody has not watched the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix, which I think I'm I think I'm in the second or third episode or something like that. This lady is she she surfaces in the very first episode. And after watching the first three episodes, I'm like, well, how did she not get charged when Jeffrey Epstein got charged? This doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I can go down a rabbit hole of conspiracies, but please be on the lookout for that because I have grabbed my popcorn and I am kind of waiting to see when she's going to die from a suicide. <laughs> I don't want to joke about that. I mean, I'm sure the woman. She may be a good person, but this stuff is crazy. Um. The White House refuses to denounce Confederate flag as Trump um, bemoans uh, NASCAR ban. There was a tweet that came out. Uh, what was this yesterday? There was a, tr a tweet come out. Let me see if I can find the tweet. Um, God, what did what did President Trump say? Oh, so on Monday. No, was that today? Maybe that was what's today. Monday. Yeah. So today Trump tweeted. At Bubba Wallace, if you don't know who Bubba Wallace is, he is the NASCAR, uh, the African-American or multi-race, mixed race, African-American NASCAR driver who um, had the reports about the noose hanging inside of his, uh, what do you call that, garage at the racetrack. And they found out that it wasn't a hate crime. And, you know, they basically checked, kind of like brushed over it. Well, anyways, Trump decided to tweet. And he says, I quote, has Bubba Wallace at Bubba Wallace apologized to all those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax. That flag, that and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. Y'all, I don't know how I'm sure. Here's the thing. I bet that when he became when Trump got in office, he said, I want my Twitter and that's what I want exclusively for myself. So when I'm in bed at night after watching Pornhub or whatever he's doing, <laughs> I'm going to be out here tweeting whatever the hell I want to tweet. And I think he has that reign because this is his language. This is his platform. This is his speech. Like you can hear it in the words that he writes. But here's the thing. Why does man need to do that? I know why. If you pay attention to the way he's been tweeting, especially a lot lately over the past two or three weeks, he is trying to rally his base because after that rally that he had in Oklahoma, some people questioned, does he still have his base? But he's going to start doing the same things he was doing in 2016, i.e. Trump campaigning 101. He's going to start capitalizing on the current social issues, current events, and he's going to be. Uh, making sure that there's a delineation between his supporters and the people that don't support him. Right. He's going to make sure he rallies them up. He's going to make sure that they're 100 percent ready to go, ready to vote. And he's going to do that by capitalizing and polarizing them towards certain issues. And this is one of them. It may seem subtle, but the fact that he's questioning Bubba, um, Bubba Wallace, which every right wing, um, every right wing media outlet. On the radio, on TV, they have questioned um, 
They have questioned Bubba Wallace's situation um, and they have been waiting to disprove it when they first heard about it. So this is going to be really good to watch. I don't think the president should be always, always, always tweeting. Okay. Next story we got, we got black power, black love. I don't know if y'all seen it, but there's a video shows heavily armed black protesters marching through Georgia's stone mountain park, demanding a huge Confederate carving be removed. I have seen some of that video and it is compelling. It is extraordinary. It is incredible footage. Um, I don't even know how many it was, like 100 or 200 people. They were all in the military formation. One thing that I noticed, they were all armed. They were all wearing black. But the most profound thing that I really noticed was when their formation was stopped, you had people that were fanned out in a position of what we call security in the military. So when you're patrolling, your squad stops, you have a set of you have a you have a fire team that um um, not a fire team, but you have people that that kind of fan out and does what we call 360 security. They were doing that. That means that they are training in military tactics. And these dudes are the real deal. Regardless of what you're going to find on the Internet, they're the real deal. Now, here's the funny thing. I follow left and right um, characters and influencers and talk shows and stuff like that. And I seen an influencer. I'm not going to say because I don't want to give her. I don't want you guys going to a page too much because I don't necessarily support her but i follow her because of the perspective and point of view um she was like look at these guys um the headline that she posted read black protesters confront white driver and tell them that um that the, the that the protesters are their are their worst nightmare it was a horrible i don't know if i said the headline right but it was a horrible headline and they try to make these guys look weak they try to say things to discredit them. But guess what? They ain't no different than what these right, white, redneck, um, what do you call them? Uh, militia boys groups do. There's no different. You know what I mean? There's no different than what they're doing. And they're coming out the right, the right wing, the right wing folks are coming out to discredit them and make them look as weak. Let me tell you, I think these people are the real deal. And they're nothing less than starting to they're 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 not too far from starting a civil war between black and white, both sides. So this is something that we have to watch. I do want to learn more about that group. And as I do, I will share it with you all on this podcast. But it's pretty compelling. If you haven't seen it, just type in uh, black on protesters. And let me tell you where it's at. Uh, Georgia Stone Mountain Park. I don't even know what where is that at in the world? Um it doesn't say, I guess, you know, Georgia Stone Mountain Park. So that is something to watch very much. So the U.S. court, this is a this is huge news. And I think I got this today. The U.S. District Courts are the U.S. District Court orders the Dakota Access Pipeline shut down. Oh, my God. They got 30 days to shut it down, folks. Do you understand how big this legislation is? This is a huge victory. For those native people, for the people who were against the fracking and the pipeline and all that stuff. This is big news. A judge noted the decision was temporary and ordered an environmental review to be done within 30 days. Sorry, I, I misquoted. Um, which makes it even more like what the hell is going on? But they 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 got a temporary decision. And that's why, see, nothing happens haphazardly. Nothing is a coincidence in America, folks. There's a reason why this decision came out right now. 
I'm not going to speculate into that too much because I will go down a rabbit hole and I will give y'all way, way, way too much. Also, in popular uh, Supreme Court news, you have um, hold on a second. You have Supreme Court rules, also rules uh, that states can punish faithless electors who buck popular vote. Basically, what that means um you know, the states can require presidential electors to cast their votes for their party's candidates that won the state's popular vote. So what you've seen in the past at times is you have, you know, you got the electoral college and then you got the popular vote. Basically, what this is ruling that if you're an electoral, uh, if you are one of the electorates in, in a particular state, let's say Louisiana, and the candidate wins Louisiana, then the electors has to vote for that candidate who won the popular vote. Right now, this is not in all states. This is only in some states. Let me see if I can find the article. The headlines are very misleading because they think you this. They, they make you think this is all across America, but it's actually only about. Um, let's see, I can't find it. I can't find how many states, but it's not all states, but it is an important. It is important news. It definitely is important news. And I think this is not a coincidence either that this will come out in the election season, in the election year for the president of the United States. This is crucial, man. This is this is big. Um, and the cop. All right. Before I get off of here, there's a video circulating around. It's a black cop um, in Texas somewhere. I don't even know what part of Texas, but he looks. The video starts with a black cop standing over a, a, a scrawny little white man. And the guy is like, hey. The cop is telling the man like, hey, get it off your chest. Why don't you slap the shit out of me? Slap the shit out of me. And the cop, the black cop is provoking this white man. So the white man looks confused. And he's like, are you going to arrest me? And he's like, no, I'm giving you permission to slap the shit out of me. So the white man takes his hand, right? He doesn't even slap the cop. He just kind of puts it into his face. And before he can, you know, really get his hand on his face, the cop smacks him. I mean, smacks him down to the ground. The white dude says, damn. And then they arrest him. This is a very alarming video. You got three cops standing there at that time, two black, one white. None of them had their body cams on, according to reports. Thank God for the fourth officer who was arriving on the scene who had his body cam on and he caught the whole altercation right then and there. That cop should be fired. But here's the thing. You have not seen it trending in the news because guess what? It does not say white cop does this to black man. It doesn't fit the narrative, folks. I've been trying to tell people to pay attention to this stuff for so long. If this was a white cop smacking a black man, we would have been in more upheaval. But because it doesn't fit the narrative to keep us in this construct of racism, they're not going to report it as such. They're not going to say, look at this black man. See, that's what that's that's what that's what I'm trying to show y'all that it's not a race issue per se. You got a black cop beating up on a white man and it doesn't make national headlines. It doesn't get dragged through the media like if it was a white cop on a black dude. I'm not marginalized either. I'm not marginalizing either. But it's something that we really, really got to pay attention to. This is all a matrix. This is all propaganda. And if you're not paying attention, you're that stupid. I don't want to be insulting to my listeners, but I'm trying to tell y'all how simple it is. This isn't rocket science. It ain't. Now, 
Um, lastly, I want to end the show with talking about George Floyd. Um, as you guys have heard, those of you been listening to me, you know, I have a very special interest in the George Floyd case. And it's not because it's so much race, but it's because of this man and how he died at the hands of police. No matter what his color was, but the way that this happened, it, it really affected me to the point I'm like, damn. But just so you guys know, FYI, three of the ex-police officers have been released on bond. And there's also a, a video circulating of a lady who actually saw one of the officers in a grocery store and she went up to him and confronted him and harassed him about that. Um, and he looked a little startled. He didn't know what to do. But out of the four, three are out. Derek Chauvin is still in with a one million dollar bond, I think. Um, I don't know the status of the case and hearings, but I will do more research, folks. I will do more research. Hey. I think I'm going to end it right there. This has been a long show, man. I've been on here for like 40 minutes, man. I've been on here for like 40 minutes. But listen, before I go, I will tell you that I have a few more episodes left in my season one. And I've been doing some thinking, man. Season two is going to be built around more self-improvement, more positivity. However, they might be linked to current events. But I'm definitely going to focus on that. And I want people to be ready for that. Um... But if you like my podcast, please share it with other people, as many people as you can. You don't have to ask for my permission. I promise you, you don't. Um, I have some coworkers that have done that, maybe about four or five of them. You don't have to ask me for my permission. Go ahead. Share it with, with as many people as you can. I would love to have more listeners. If you don't like my podcast, I just ask that you share it with one person. That's it. Because they might like it or they might know some people that might like it. So this has been... Um, this has been a lot of news. I'm sorry if I kind of like ran off at the mouth on this, but hey, I'm trying to do this every week. Give y'all a take, give y'all my perspective on some of these articles. Um, it's been a long week. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Prepare. I got some new episodes coming this week. Please um, listen, share, talk about it. Um, let's get conversation started. Let's start provoking thought. Let's start spreading love. Let's start spreading unity. Let's start listening to each other. All right. So I want to thank y'all for tuning in to the dope news updates. And this is an edition, special edition. I'm going to always say that, folks, a special edition of the So Dope podcast. Peace. Peace.